0: Nicole, this is a huge, huge week. Do you know why? Why? You want to guess? You
1: don't have to. uh, Oh, I might be able to take a guess, but only... Oh, my God. If I'm right about this, I'm going to be so unbelievably proud of myself. Did the Eagles start their training camp this week? (laughs) They did. I only know (laughs) because Isaac Rochelle went to... Las Vegas Raiders training camp so I was like wait a second she's wearing an Eagles hat the Eagles was obviously it's like it's about to be the training camp time training camp season all of the times.
0: so behind the scenes I write out my formation lap before this and I didn't think there was any option of you getting that so what I did actually write down was like that's a very smart relevant guess considering we're recording an F1 podcast so I thought you would go F1 but yes, today, which is Tuesday, so when everyone's listening to this, this was two days ago. The Eagles reported to training camp today, and the entire offensive line wore uh, overalls because they're huge. The yeah. So, as football season ramps up, F1 is slowing down because it's our final race before the summer shutdown, and there's a lot to get into because there was a race last week, there's a race next week. Lewis Hamilton was on pole this week. And that just felt great. And nothing else happened after that. Daniel Ricciardo looked like a competent F1 driver in his first race back, so I will attempt to make Nicole break and become hopeful again by discussing his pace compared to Yugi Sonoda. <laughs> like every post-race show, look out for our podiums of the weekend, which will be dispersed between all of the segments. Then we will reluctantly turn our attention to the Belgian GP this weekend in an effort to, in an effort to improve my mood Due to my general distaste for spa, we will be talking all things tires to preview the race. Because tires are always fun. And wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I'm sure you're already fuming because I said I don't like spa. So before you click off this podcast, just know I will explain why in our race preview. And if you all get to complain about Monaco, which you're wrong about, then I get to complain about spa, which I am right about. We're also going to break down which cars, Williams, this track will likely favor, and which cars, Mercedes, will really struggle this weekend. (laughs) We'll also make a guess on if we're going to see any on-track running at all, and if so, will that track running be safe? Because there's a lot of rain predicted for this weekend. And finally, make sure to stick around for yellow sector notes at the end of the show for one story about every team. There's a lot going on this week across the entire grid. So some of the best stories and news are gonna be in our yellow sector notes because we can't get to all of it. That wraps up the formation lap for episode twenty-seven of Grid Walk, a weekly Formula One podcast that believes there are fascinating stories to discuss across the entire F1 grid. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Follow, turn on auto downloads, and leave us a review if you're listening on any audio platform. All of these things greatly help support the show. Cold ground are lined up on the grid. It's lights out, and away we go. This week's Grid Walk.
1: Danica Patrick um, has had some very upsetting comments recently about female presence in motorsports, Um, and of course this actually took place during the special, really fun, incredible, which we'll talk about later, F1 Juniors broadcast of the Hungarian Grand Prix. A young female Carter Scarlett was interviewing Danica Patrick, and they were having an entire discussion about female's presence in motorsports and just, you know, why do you want to see some change in all of this? And why Scarlett would love to see more role models in the sport because she's always been told it's just not something that she can do. While talking to
0: the role model.
1: And Danica Patrick took that time and instead of seeing it as a moment that she can continue to inspire not only young female Carters, but speaking to all of the young Females, young males, anyone watching that program at all, and can deliver some type of inspiring message that if someone's determined about being in motorsports, they can be in motorsports, or that motorsports can be a successful place for anyone. Basically, did the opposite, um, and it just came across as just a discussion of uh, uh, basically a point of motorsports isn't a place that you know really females could be. I really was struggling to figure out. What her goal was, again, as you had said, she was, she is the major female figure of motorsports. So to hear these comments coming from her, I'm I'm just really struggling of what she saw would be the positive outcome from these
0: comments. And especially in the conversation to who she was exactly speaking to. And she was spreading incorrect information. What she said was scientifically inaccurate. So, gosh, like I just, I'm trying to place this in like a real world situation. Like imagine a, I believe Scarlett was like between the ages of 10 and 12. Um, I can't remember exactly what her age is. She comes up to you and says, when I grow up, I wanna be just like you. And I can't wait for there to be more people just like you. And for you to look at her and say, incorrect scientific facts like just outside of the fact that this was put on a broadcast like how can you look a young girl in the eye and say basically f off and- or in like any context of having in this
1: conversation of having a young female in this broadcast, this wonderful opportunity to be recognizing the role that Danica plays in, like, probably her life. For her to be responding to her, be like, hmm, is that what you think? Oh, okay. And it just it just felt like such a belittling conversation. It was very disheartening as a female fan of motorsports who sees Danica Patrick as someone that could vocalize the importance of access and opportunity and the presence of females in motorsports and that it should be possible could be possible and like and just uh, did the opposite it it just really hurt yeah. seeing it all And
0: happen. if anyone's paying attention to danica patrick lately like she has had a long, a recent string of not being a great person and and that sucks because to to what you're saying like this is a woman who should be champing getting more women involved and instead she's doing the exact opposite, (laughs) like, I don't, um, yeah, I, I think what really hurt isn't that this is Danica's belief and that she has these skewed incorrect scientific beliefs. It's that she was on a broadcast that was broadcasting specifically to young children and was reinforcing this awful, awful stereotype that isn't real. So, uh, not shockingly, uh, not true. We dis, we, not shockingly, we vehemently disagree with everything Danica said there. Uh, we feel really awful for Scarlett for having to sit there. And wow, did she show so much poise? Because I probably would have ran off crying. And- yeah, that was definitely
1: a really mature moment. So how I will choose to wrap up this conversation is to not continue to highlight the, horrible and belittling comments made by Danica Patrick, but to encourage you to stay tuned for later on in our episode where we have our predictions for F1 Academy's race weekend this weekend.
0: My first podium of the weekend. Graphics from the F1 Juniors broadcast that need to be brought over to the main feed immediately. They can be, like, reskinned, but they are better than what we currently have on the main feed. I don't know how
1: you're going to decide this.
0: Well, yeah, so many of them were great. I think the use of just general, like, augmented reality and, like, was really cool. But honorable mention is all of those augmented reality overlays. So basically, like, they kept, like, putting the current standings and it was just in the middle of the track. There was a really cool one when they were focusing on a pit stop. They, like, put the car with the driver. It was just very dynamic and really well done. Like, for a first go, very impressed. P3, the time gap graphic with gaining and dropping. So, not that they don't put time gap graphics up on the screen on the normal feed, but I find them, they have like a very steep barrier to entry. And I think even like a normal non-12 year old would appreciate just the uh, call out of Lewis Hamilton gaining on Sergio Perez. And if our broadcasters on the main feed aren't going to verbally say that, I think having it on the graphic would just help everyone overall. Like, I know that like my mom, who I watch most F1 races with, would love that. And she's a pretty informed viewer. All right. P2, information graphics on the goal of the drivers at that moment. So similarly, versus like gaining or falling away, and multiple times they put up on the screen, Lewis Hamilton chasing Sergio Perez. Like that literally just is like, this is the goal. And I think that's helpful for everyone telling the story of the race. And last but not least, P1, the radio overlay. They need to have a photo of the driver in the radio overlay from now on it makes it so much more personable i really love it
1: it brings it to life really personifies the radio
0: saturday felt like a cleansing of my soul it felt like christmas it was a beautiful <sighs> what a beautiful saturday i've
1: never felt such like it's been so long to feel such pure joy
0: joy, <laughs> joy? like and i didn't expect it. And I uh, was watching qualifying by myself at 7.30 in the morning because, you know, F1 in Europe and, and I'm in California. And I screamed. I'm sure I woke up all of my neighbors. It was, I, I, it's hard because it's been days and I just wish we could be here like having a party right now, but other things have happened. But I, I think I was on cloud nine until black one.
1: Yeah. I could not process literally the rest of the day. Like we could not even have a conversation. It was just like, (gasps) ah, ah, and the moment of it was one of those qualifyings where it was just like that last second. I felt myself like looking in every single direction. of like, oh my God, oh, this is, and watching all the lap times and the sector times. And I'm just like, I, I, I have never held, I feel like I held my breath for so very long, the entire lap as Lewis did. He said he was also holding his breath. So at the same time we were not breathing.
0: and I knew like it was never about him winning the race the next day. Like, but even just the act of him being on pole just like made everything better. And I still feel that way where I was like, okay, I never thought he was going to win that race, but it just still felt so good for him to be on pole.
1: Yep. 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 We have a new
0: all-time pole leader. Lewis Hamilton passed it off to Lewis Hamilton, you know, with 104 poles now. You know, the entire current grid of Formula One only has 102 poles and Lewis Hamilton has 104.
1: That is, I love that math, that, that, Uh those, those are always my favorite Lewis Hamilton math equations. (laughs) Right. How many drivers do we need to put together to get what Lewis has accomplished?
0: Seb leaving the grid really, like, yeah, giving us more of a deficit now. Uh huh. And we like to talk, talk about happiness. Fernando, but it's been a while, right?
1: Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> gosh, Lewis, every single I could rewatch every single interview that Lewis gave post that qualifying forever. It was just the wow. He was ah. It was just so great and I will go back to it later to watch when I'm feeling down. Notice how I'm not saying we're talking about Sunday because Sunday obviously was a different story, but Saturday, Saturday felt great and sparkly and a beautiful time to be a Mercedes and an F1 fan. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. My immediate thought when that poll happened though was like, this is what makes sports so great. Like, through every weekend that's frustrating or something goes wrong or, like, every moment last year where the DRS stopped working when he should have been on pole twice, having that moment and that release and that celebration just was so much fun. Like, and it just, it when something really good like that happens, it always just reminds me why I'm a sports fan.
1: Yeah, it gave a lot of, like, that last- six minutes of a Friday Night Lights episode or like any sports movie ever where you're just like, edge <gasps> of your seat, like you feel good, the good guy wins, like yes! So while we're bursting that bubble because we're really just trying to not get there, let's talk about Sunday, please.
0: So I have a question to start this out. Lewis ended P4. If he ended P3, w- would you have felt less depressed on yes. Sunday? of course. Say,
1: Right. Well, you also then would have had probably Checo in P4 and that would have given you like a lot of whatever. We're not getting into our prediction points. Right I world. had a,
0: a crazy good amount of predictions last week. So obviously Alpine double DNF and we both picked out for best of the bottom, but I got P7 and P10 and obviously P1 because we picked max. Right. And if I got P4 right on top of that, I, I don't, I would not, this entire podcast would be me gloating pretty much.
1: Right, right, right. But,
0: um. Yeah, so but beyond that, like, it's crazy that P4 feels so much worse than P3, like just be the act of being on the podium would have felt good. And in pulling the data, the most annoying part of this is that the difference between Lewis Hamilton being in P3 and Sergio Perez being in P3 is the time lost in the pits.
1: No, so, how about not bad? What if we said it was anything else? We could, I don't, a bird, I don't know. Literally make her up.
0: Well, Why? Yes, we, of course. No, what is this, Ferrari? Hello? Okay, right. fine. So of course, like, yes, it, it's probably like 700 other things because every F1 race is a series of a bunch of decisions. But Lewis spent a second longer in the pits than Checo and Lewis was behind Checo by a second at the end of the race, and the worst part is this was a good pit stop weekend for Mercedes.
1: I just don't want that. I don't. know. I, I. I. feel irate. I. Wow. I'm so glad you're on the other side of the country because I'm just angry, and it's not your fault. But you're delivering. The, this I'm is the. the face it. Yeah, you're the messenger, and I don't want. Right. I don't want this message. Deny. Thanks anyway.
0: Not home. It actually makes me feel. <sighs> better in a weird way because um if I after looking through all the data and we can talk about this in more detail when we get to like the development race and McLaren of it all like Mercedes to me feels like the second strongest package behind Red Bull it won't feel that way this weekend at Spa but overall collectively they are the second strongest package and that like the fact that it McLaren hasn't like jumped them it makes me feel better in as a whole like Lewis should have beaten the second Red Bull to the podium this week it was other strategy decisions it was engine cooling and it was pit stop time that prevented that from happening and those aren't things that are Lewis Hamilton or the fundamental pace of the car so I think we just hold Mercedes to this standard that we should hold them to, that they should be competing with Red Bull. But the reality is they are the second fastest car, and they could have done a Ferrari and just completely slid back, and they didn't. So, I don't know. There's my positive spin. But, yeah, we're talking, like, Mercedes needs to get the pit stops together because, I'm sorry, when you don't have a giant pace advantage in your car, like, you can't be losing this much time to Red Bull and McLaren in the pits. Okay, I'm going to focus on
1: the optimistic viewpoint that you provided. Thank you. It'll be very difficult, and I will start it later because right now I'm still upset. For a broadcast that I completely was not able to fully watch at all because of where I live in the world, I loved the F1 Juniors broadcast. One yes. of, one of the major pieces that I thoroughly enjoyed the use throughout the entire weekend was the individual avatars they made for every single driver. So I'm here to basically tell. Oh my gosh, hello tripod <laughs> that just wants to just not tripod. That's so for tripod. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know why. I thought I fixed it. Okay. So I am here with a podium of my favorite <laughs> F1 driver avatars from the F1 Junior broadcast i have uh an honorable mention which i guess it's an honorable mention but i just kind of kind of need to discuss the elephant in the room of uh
0: daniel ricardo oh wait sorry that was the wrong sounder (laughs) i don't think it's an honorable mention i think it's a we have to talk about it oh my god the sounds felt like a personal attack um I (laughs) i was just gonna point out you know Danny
1: Ricks, you know, if you told me if all of the things did not happen in the last, like, week and two weeks that have happened, and if Nick was still at Alphatari and if that was the same graphic, I'd be like, yeah, that's Nick DeBrees. Did they change it? Who really knows? It kind of feels like someone was like,
0: sure, close enough. It really felt like they were at a severe crunch for time, because that... That was Nick DeVries, and they went, so if we always use the smiling option, do you think everyone will buy it? Because every other driver had different variations where they weren't smiling, but not the Danny Rick that was definitely Nick DeVries that by the time they do this again, we'll definitely have a different different. Not version. enough nose. No. And I mean that in the most loving way possible. Not
1: enough nose for that to be Daniel Ricardo,
0: but Not the right hair, and not even... No, no, no. Just, it wasn't Daniel Ricardo. That was Nick DeVries. <laughs> that was Nick DeVries.
1: Okay. <laughs> now on to the actual podium of my favorite avatars and really the things that made them different and why I enjoyed them more than the others. P3. Alex Albon. A perfect embodiment of blonde Alex. He has blonde hair. He looks fun. He looks sassy. Blonde Alex, basically in a Pixar format. I enjoy it. Wonderful. Always. Blonde Alex.
0: P2. Valtteri Botez. No way, that's not P one. I was so sure when you saw, you said you were doing this podium that that was gonna be P one. Well,
1: also I am letting a lot of my fan bias infiltrate all of this, but the P two of an animated mullet, you know, is spot on. It really nailed it. Perfect VB energy, and I'm convinced that he probably now like has that as his paddock photo, like for the rest as of forever. <laughs> And my P1, a.k.a. what I found the most enjoyable and my favorite avatar of the entire weekend, no surprise to anyone at all, is Lewis Hamilton! It was so cute! I love his braids. It was such Lewis vibes, it had such Lewis energy, and guess what? Yeah, my favorite driver, so what would be my favorite avatar? (laughs) Lewis Hamilton.
0: But I did pull together, I aggregated all the polls that we did on Instagram and Twitter and, like, got the percentages... So 54% of people who responded to our polls thought that the race highlight was McLaren's pace being like a real thing. 23% agreed that it was strategy and the fact that there were two stops. And then 15% said Red Bull uh, making history. My brain sputtered. Um, 60% of people thought that the sad trumpet award goes to Alpine. (laughs) over yeah. Alpha No Points and LeClaire's Pit Stop. Yeah, that's where I voted. I was like, yeah, just had to. Um, Frustration Station, like who deserves the VIP ticket, oh, like, yeah. was pretty divided. LeClaire won out with 33%, followed by Alpine and Joe tied for, with 25% each, and mm-hmm. then there were 17% mm-hmm. to other. Huh. Um, but the reason I brought this up right now is is because we're about to talk about like development and people catching red bull and like, what's the state of the union? Like how fast really is McLaren, et cetera, et cetera. And I did ask the question after the race this weekend, when will someone else win a race? 9% of people said this week at spa and to those people, congratulations. I hope you have fun.
1: I love living in that kind of realm. I mean, I did not vote that way on that. No, me neither. Like, you know what? more power to them yeah. sometimes i guess depending on who nine, is winning
0: yeah nine percent of people also said within five races and to those people i also am excited for their thought process but that to me seems much more statistically likely than this week at spa but then 27 percent of people said before the end of the season
1: oh no i didn't say that one either
0: And 55% to over half the people said that Red Bull will win every single race this year. Um, I think before the end of the season, just statistically unlikely that they're going to win every single race. Like, a DNF will happen eventually, right? I don't know. So... She right. says right. so confidently,
1: and I'm like, what do you know? Ugh. Because we ha- I have not. I don't know
0: anything. I just know that in, like, they literally passed the record right now that was held since the eighties for most consecutive yep. wins. We're going to look at something from F Data analysis, uh, because they did, uh, they put together really great visualizations every week. Uh, so I highly recommend checking them out. But I thought it was relevant to talk about this week. They took every driver um, except the Alpines because they they didn't have any data. And basically this is a graph if you're not looking on YouTube of the average lap time that every driver did over the course of the Grand Prix. And you'll notice that Max is a half a second ahead of the entire field. Uh, The second fastest driver is Perez a half a second behind him. But then you'll notice that the third fastest driver is Lewis. And so Perez is 0.51 to max, and Lewis is also 0.51 to max. And then Norris is 0.53 to max. And then after those three drivers, you get Leclerc at 0.88. So there's a pretty steep drop-off after the second Red Bull, Lewis, and Norris for their lap times during this Grand Prix. Which probably leads you to ask, how the hell did Lewis not end up on this podium? So we'll talk about that in a moment. But I do think that this is worth looking at, like, as a general state of the union, that, like, at the Hungaro ring, like, it was Max, then it was Lando and Lewis, and then this, like, muddled group of the second drivers for Mercedes and McLaren and the Ferraris then very clearly the aston martin and then the back of the pack so what scares me the most is that if this is red bull not fully understanding their upgrade and max is half a second ahead of everyone it's gonna be a rough week at spa it's great (laughs) i love that yeah
1: um there were points on sunday where listening to max's radio just sounded like this was a pirelli tire test and not like a race oh my
0: gosh <laughs> yeah um and then this is again if you're not watching on youtube head over but there's a visualized graph of who like everyone's laugh time over the entire grand prix and i'm going to point out that in the non-max for staffing category for Laps 50 to 70, Lewis Hamilton was the fastest man on track by a considerable margin. So, and you, if you were watching the flow of the race from the perspective we watched it, like you probably saw that in real time, but something about the Mercedes, and you'll notice that like George was, was not as fast as Lewis, but was definitely there and fast during that time too. So something about this Mercedes like really liked low fuel this weekend with the setup they did. So my general takeaway from Mercedes this weekend is that for the first time in about a year and a half, Mercedes, and probably longer than that, but I'm looking at just this regulation set, Mercedes decided to set their car up more for quality than the race. Which never happens. Yeah. And Red Bull did the exact opposite. And I'm not saying, like, also Max messed up his pole lap. So, like, it, it was also driver error, but the like Mercedes is the second fastest car like they just they just are the numbers we see
1: it the data's here look at it look at it look at it right now
0: that doesn't always mean that that's gonna like it's gonna bear fruit in like every race situation so let's look at why Lando Norris was able to beat Lewis we already talked about like the whole like lewis versus perez situation but like i'm sorry perez you are in a rocket ship you should be beating everyone right now you not being in p2 is embarrassing so moving on Uh we're gonna look at hamilton versus norris so stint one lewis's lap times were two tenths a lap slower than lando at the beginning stint two lewis's lap times were a tenth and a half slower than lanto stint three lewis's laps were nearly seven tenths a lap faster than lanto where like in what Ah. which averages out all of their over the entire race uh pit in laps and out laps excluded they had nearly identical averages over the course of the entire race so it from a bird's eye view it's actually really interesting to see two cars that are set up with different strengths in different ways that were going to get their lap times at different parts of the race so if you look at this and you go wow so over the entire course of the race lewis averaged out to be faster than lando at worst you would say they averaged out to be the same time how in the world did lando end up finishing the race five Point four tenths ahead of lewis they were the same speed over the course of the race tell us well, tell us why it all goes back to pit stops what is this ferrari yes that is incredibly frustrating so at the finish line the gap was 5.4 seconds keep that number in your head 5.4 seconds keep it in your head both of the drivers did two pit stops I took the lap time from the in lap, added it to the lap time of the out lap, and calculated that Lewis spent was 5.7 seconds over the course of the race slower for those for in laps and out laps than Lando Norris. So again, gap at the finish, 5.4 seconds to Lando Norris. Extra time spent on in laps and out laps, 5.7 seconds. So if they just spent the same amount of times time on in laps and out laps over the course of the race, Lewis would be P too.
1: No, thanks. I'm going to not fully process all that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to par- compartmentalize it. Thank you for sharing that with me. It's so <laughs> kind of you. But I don't want to process all that
0: right now. Thanks. I'm sure a lot of people had the same experience I did. When you're watching the race and they pit Lewis for that first pit stop, And then they end up pitting Norris and you blink and he's 10 seconds back. And you're like, how did that happen? Like, that doesn't make sense. That math isn't mathing in my brain. Well, what happened is Lewis, the window for Lewis, so if the in-lap, the out-lap, and then the next lap he did is what I'm looking at. So that's lap 16, 17, and 18. And then Lando, his in-lap, his out-lap, and then the next lap is laps 18, 19, and 20, just to put your brain in the space of the race. So Lewis's in-lap was 87.8 seconds. Lando's in-lap was 87.1 seconds. Lewis's in-lap was 7 tenths slower than Lando's. Then out-lap, so this is where the bulk of the pit time goes, by the way. Lewis, on his out-lap, was 4.1 seconds slower than Lando. Now, some of that, a little, little bit of that time was actual physical pit stop time. I think it was about a half a second slower than Lando's pit stop time. But really, whatever strategy Mercedes had or delta time they gave Lewis on that out lap, they could not get those tires working, or maybe they needed to like ease them in for their strategy, but 4.1 seconds. Then on the next lap, so this is going to be like okay you've done your out lap and now you're doing your first full lap on these new tires lewis's first full lap on his tires versus lando's was 2.2 seconds slower no not two Lewis tenths and Le- full Lewis two and Lando,
1: seconds. they both did they were both on medium hard mediums right For yeah they did the same race strategy okay. right okay yeah
0: so in that first pit cycle just looking at these three laps Lewis lost seven seconds.
1: Sick, 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 right. sick.
0: Lewis lost out on four tenths in the second window, which, which is a much more respectable amount of time. Slightly. Uh, it, it melted my brain looking at this data.
1: Every week, you're just able to break down like why Lewis isn't where <sighs> I want him to be. Like so just in numbers so easily and I'm just like
0: yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah it's frustrating but it's also for me a little bit comforting to like see what actually went wrong and understand what's happening you love logic oh. yeah but and I hope now everyone listening kind of sees what I've been saying about like at least in Lewis Hamilton's hands like that Mercedes is the second strongest package and like it it's not all doom and gloom right now. So, as the prior segment showed, in F1 data explains a lot, but there are some things that happened this weekend that I have zero explanation for. And actually, I only have one thing on this podium. Wait, so,
1: you have a one a one item podium? Yes. Do I, I just, use? I don't know what sound to use for this.
0: I think the P1. Okay, it's P1. P1, things that happened this weekend that I have zero explanation for, even after looking and doing the research and following up and trying to figure it out. Alvaro Romeo's pace. Sick. Tell us more. I don't have anything to say. I, I don't have... That, I have no explanation no for No explanation. It. They all. were just fast. All of a sudden. Congratulations. Weird.
1: But got nothing out of it.
0: Oh!
1: <sighs> a Danny, Rick raced and it wasn't a dnf <laughs> all right
0: i want to uh bring all of our everyone in the gridwalk family into this little thing that's going on which is that nicole katz has decided that her expectations for daniel ricardo being back on the grid is that he finishes races and that he's not super sad and it's an
1: t- it's it's a combination yes. of expectations of him, which I believe he can drive. Let me make this clear. i a data Ricardo fan that also believes he can drive, but also understands the expectations of Alphatari and the emotional state of everything going on.
0: So, yeah, I feel pretty great after this weekend. <laughs> as you should. So, as I do, I was running data. And trying to see how he did against Yuki. And I sent Nicole like three minutes of voice notes explaining how well Daniel Ricardo did this week. And her response was something along the lines of, cool, whatever. Can't think about it. Don't want to think about it. And I'm like, this man is currently has one win to zero losses in the fight for Sergio Perez's Red Bull seat. And she just goes, meh. So this segment... Is I'm going to attempt to get Nicole to break out of and actually get excited and root for her driver to be in the rocket ship. I am excited. I'm just nervous.
1: I've been <laughs> hurt too many times yeah, before that I just am trying to
0: protect myself, okay? But I that's just- no fun! <laughs> but I want to be happy in be 13 <laughs> and you should be happy in p13 because yuki was not in p12 11 10 and blah blah blah. i'm not saying you should be sitting there expecting him to be in the points i'm saying you should be happy with the stats i'm about to give you which is Oy. that he outqualified yuki which i had no expectation of and then in average race pace in every way i cut up the race pace daniel ricardo was faster
1: Yeah, I know. Just, ah, I can't. No, I can't. I can't. I mean, look, I want to be so I am so hyped and so excited. I just again, the, it also is me rooting for and if you're new here, not a big Red Bull fan. It's rooting for the no. the, the Red Bull seat. It's rooting for the the second, to, which again, if this is the, this is the path Daniel Ricardo chose is what he's chosen for himself. And it's great. Whatever, I guess for him. I'm still trying to process that the man was in a car and the fact that, and I will, I put all my predictions of him in the points because I could. And I was so unbelievably excited that he out qualified Yuki because like, I believe that he could. And then he did. So I uh, look, I am hyped. I, I, I can't wait to, see, I mean, I can wait to see what happens because it's spa in general, But I'm nervous, but I do feel not miserable as a Daniel Ricciardo fan right now, which is not something I've been able to say in a very Very long long. time.
0: (laughs) You know, and I'm going to put on the record that I don't want Daniel Ricciardo to get the Red Bull seat. One, because that means you're going to be a Red Bull fan and I can't live with that. And two, because we need someone in that Red Bull seat that can actually compete with Max and Daniel Ricciardo, like, is not that, but... We don't, Nicole, yeah.
1: okay, well, one not, win not
0: to Daniel correct. Ricardo, none to Yuki Sonoda after week one.
1: Feeling pretty great, feeling pretty good, pretty great for the Honey Badger, and also he was just unbelievably happy. We had some like A plus Danny Rick moments from the weekend, which
0: surprise I have a podium for. Is that your next podium?
1: It is my next podium.
0: Ah, let's get to that a collection,
1: which could be an almost a never ending list because there was just so many wholesome moments. I tried to like spice it up to get a little bit of different types of Danny Rick's, but my favorite Danny Rick moments from the Hungarian Grand Prix weekend. And I will start with an honorable mention because it's almost more of a fun fact. Okay. So my honorable mention of learning Daniel Ricardo's panic pass picture and it's his picture from the Met Gala, which is like a interesting flex. P3, my favorite Daniel Ricciardo moments. Every single morning, waking up with some kind of buongiorno, 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 Daniel Ricciardo, good morning, practicing his Italian, and in my opinion, it's the best that Alfatari clothes have ever looked all weekend. I was
0: like, huh, this is fashion. Okay, those were two things on one podium and i didn't and you were talking very fast and i (laughs) didn't know when to hit the button but i'm glad like as much as i'm not a danny rick fan i'm a fan of excited nicole and i can attest that like every morning i got an excited text with look at all the things (laughs) yes but it was just i think every day i was looking
1: forward to like his coming into the paddock because it was like yes. a reminder of this actually happening so it was the the welcoming greetings in alpha Tower clothing so yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> p2 for daniel ricardo moments uh f1 junior interview post quality. But I guess it was post quality for Danny Rick just basically when it all happened, but particularly he was being interviewed at the exact moment that Lewis Hamilton was crossing the finish line and confirming for pole, and the... F1 junior interviewing him was an unbelievable Lewis Hamilton fan. So she was unbelievably excited. And also as Danny Rick is trying to not be rude of like in the middle of an interview was like every moment of like, I'm talking to a, fam- a family members, talking to me while watching an F1 race. And I'm just like, uh-huh. Like looking back and forth of the screen. Cause you can just see him being like, oh, this is what's happening. And I'm going to speak to the little girl. But then she was just like, Lewis Hamilton's on pool. Like it was just iconic. I loved great. the
0: screen cap of his face. Like someone screenshot the video of him like <laughs> it was I'm normal. sorry to audio listeners. I made the face.
1: Come check it out on YouTube to see what it is. But just the immediate of him processing what's happening it was wonderful, really wholesome, absolutely great. And my P1 Daniel Ricardo moment. How big is your smile on a scale of one to ten, Daniel? <laughs> And post quality, his response is 34,769. And if that's not the most Daniel Ricardo answer I've ever heard and just felt so serious, so legit, I'm so happy to have him back on the grid, and I really enjoyed all the content that it was. But
0: Honey Badger is back-ish, baby. <laughs> Belgian GP week. Disclaimer to all of this. I hate this track. I hate this track. I think it's completely unsafe in its current format. A kid died there a month ago in F4. It's supposed to rain all this weekend. I hate this track. Change the corner.
1: I don't feel good going into this race ever. I just have like a really uneasy feeling about the track in general. So it's also far from my favorite too.
0: I understand to some people the danger of motorsport is fun. Not to me. No, It's my least favorite part. And I hate that uh, watching this race every weekend. I just sit there with like my heart in my mouth, hoping that someone doesn't die. That's not a fun activity for me sitting there, hoping someone doesn't die. The speed is dangerous enough. Like that's, you know, they're going really fast. It's not like it's suddenly very safe, like uh, change the corner. Yeah. And it's supposed to rain all weekend and it's a sprint weekend whose bright idea is this so we don't even get the like like normally i'm like okay so like we have three practices and they're not going to be going all out and like i don't need to worry during practice no 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 we have two races and two qualifyings for me to just uh, so uh, yay yay uh normally we're pretty positive we like most things but i just this is my one track a year that i'm i really dislike And I am totally open if you want to leave me a comment below and try to like, if you think you're going to be the person to convince me that this is a great track, try it, go ahead. Uh, but I'm going to warn you that, uh, I just, until it's safe, I'm going to feel this way. Yeah.
1: Don't say historic track as part of your excuse, because that won't work here.
0: Cool. Yeah. Great congratulations it's historic it kills people like all right but to make me feel better i thought we'd talk about the pirelli tire graphic because that's always Yay. fun um, and we can uh, try to predict which team is most likely to win in the non-max category of the race <laughs> me um, too. great so pirelli brought almost its hardest range of tires we are c2 through c4 What makes me worried about this choice is that it's the exact same thing they brought last year, and last year the race-winning strategy from P14 on the grid was soft, medium, medium. So essentially, you didn't wanna be on the hard tires last year, and this year's tires are stronger, and they brought the same hard tire. Like, it would've made a lot more sense for me if they went down a range and did C3, C4, C5, But this is a really high tire, I understand why they're being conservative, and this is like a five on the tire stress, if we're looking at the Pirelli graphic, which by the way, we always do. Um, So you can uh, check it out on Pirelli's social media channels, or head over and watch on YouTube. Uh, You'll see there's a lot of red in the energy in the tires this week, so I get why they went harder, but we're struggling
1: so this season that i'm just like why like let's not do the conservative choice at this point especially going into silly season i'm just like come on let's go soft
0: <laughs> break my camera down
1: i'm definitely leaving that,
0: that in the edit nicole's having tripod issues for the second this week in a row
1: crazy second week in a row and i thought i fixed it um softer tires so much more fun come on this is i feel like we're just gonna end up getting stuck with like another race of tires that are just not
0: degrading no i like and even if it's a two-stop it's probably going to be like you're gonna want to be on the softs at the end starting on the mediums kind of deal uh this track is a lot of long straights so cars that are really draggy are gonna have an issue so mclaren and aston i am looking at you um or not mclaren sorry mercedes and aston i'm looking at you i'm so used brain, used to brain. i'm used video. to saying that mclaren's gonna have an issue <laughs> right uh, now i don't think that means that all of a sudden like aston martin's gonna be out of the points or mercedes is gonna drop down to the fifth fastest car or something i just don't think mercedes is going to be easily the second fastest car and they'll probably be behind the mclarens this week um uh, unless they bring an upgrade, which we'll talk about in a second. And then look for Williams to be in the points this week. Um, Basically, if you want a good idea of what we're gonna see, look at Silverstone and then apply upgrades that have happened to Silverstone. So likely the Red Bull gap will be even further because they now understand their upgrades in Silverstone. Um, And then McLaren might be even better than they were at Silverstone because they understand their upgrades and they've brought another one since then. Um, But Mercedes also might bring an upgrade. But Williams did very well at Silverstone, will likely do very well at this track as well. So I'm excited. We're at least hopefully going to see some fun Alex Albon moments.
1: I hope so. I'd have been hoping for that already, but it could be very, very interesting. So is that, what do we know about upgrades coming in like what what do, what has been confirmed at this point it is tuesday nothing. july 25th before the race weekend so we haven't gotten all of the news just yet so what do we know at this point in time
0: so we know nothing since nice. hungry which is interesting uh, about three weeks ago alpine said that they were aiming to bring an upgraded floor to this race so we don't know if that's actually going to happen Um, Aston has said that they're going to bring an upgrade either to this race or post, uh, summer shutdown. And we don't know if they're going to end up bringing it to this race or the next one. Uh, McLaren is an interesting case because actually they were supposed to bring upgrades last week to Hungary, but they delayed them. Which, to they're saying it's supply issues or like uh, production issues. I think the reality is something didn't perfectly correlate from the upgrades they did bring. And they probably want to rework this next step of upgrades would be what I am assuming. Um, So, but that might not be true. And they might actually just have their upgrades done and ready now. So maybe McLaren. And then I'm hearing murmurings that maybe McLaren, uh, sorry, second time I did that today. I'm hearing murmurings that maybe Mercedes is going to bring an upgrade and I don't think it's going to be a big one, but Toto did promise us one more upgrade before summer shutdown, and they really need it at this track considering how draggy the car is. So it might be a, a circuit specific situational, like they might have a less draggy rear wing to bring or something small like that, but murmurings, nothing official.
1: I haven't forgiven, again, not that I need to forgive Toto for Silverstone, because whatever, but I haven't. So, <laughs> I don't, I just don't want to, I think everyone needs a summer break, and I, uh, I feel like a tortured Mercedes fan. I don't know what, what I could be going into this weekend with, but I'm just going to go with mid-expectations for this. And uh, we'll see if any upgrades even happen.
0: I would be overjoyed if either Mercedes car is in the top five this week. Like that'd that. be nice. Yeah, particularly because Red Bull should take another step forward, understanding their upgrades, and right. that should put that should put Sergio Perez easily in P two. <laughs> but he should be easily in P two now. But like, have been if Max was a P2 half a all season. <laughs> Yeah, but if Max was half a second faster on them not really understanding their upgrades, then you could theoretically assume that Max is now going to be a second faster which put would might put Sergio Perez half a second faster. I don't know. Do you think he's going to be in Q3 this week? Do you think he's going to qualify better this week than he did last week, which was him qualifying P9? Nope. I think so. No, he's fall worse. Back. I'm I'm going back to not making the Q3. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't uh, I don't think the momentum, I don't think he's going to be able to maintain the momentum. I think he was on, like, some different kind of, like, fire energy. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It'll be really, really interesting because, again, for all of the reasons we've been saying all season long, the Checo Perez should be literally right behind Max. That car is a rocket ship. So, I I was surprised this weekend, which felt weird because it shouldn't be, but yeah no i'm i'm not I'm not sold in the Checo ship yet, and you know that's
0: okay because I'm a Danny Rick fan, so hey, you listening to this, whoever you are, can we collectively decide to stop voting for Sergio Perez as driver of the day when he qualifies awfully in clearly the fastest car, barely makes it on the podium in clearly the fastest car. That was not a good performance I don't you could have probably voted for one of the alfa romeos whose car wouldn't start for them and i would have thought that that was a better vote than the man in the rocket ship who couldn't get it to p2 thank you
1: agreed literally no one in a red bull like red bull red bull not alfa Tari, red bull because i did vote for danny ricardo for driver of the day but no one driving a red bull should be driver of the day it feels like almost unless you like you know you No, whatever. I'm not going to say unless anything.
0: Max should have been driver of the day over Checo. Max had an incredible drive that you described as it was like a Pirelli tire test instead of an actual race. Like, one of the two Red Bull drivers is doing a good job, and it's not the one who keeps winning driver of the day. This is our final podium of the episode today, and it's actually not about the Grand Prix last weekend, which bucking the system but these are controversial things that i like more than spa in its current dangerous configuration okay p3 red bull ending up winning every race in 2023 better than the current configuration of the spa track that's only p3 oh Uh no i will say that i really like all three of these could probably be in any order
1: okay yeah i was gonna no. say it's gonna be an aggressive podium for sure but fair
0: no. p2 watching ferrari mess up its strategy every week <laughs> i like that more than the current dangerous configuration of the spot track at least that feels familiar yeah at least it brings entertainment angry voice notes data i can run all right And P1, controversial things that I like more than the current spa configuration. A Monaco Grand Prix with no on-track overtakes. Oh, she said it! Monaco
1: is not bad. It's fun. And I agree with you. This is a stacked podium that I 1,000% back.
0: Alright, Nicole, it's the last week of our predictions before they get reset post-summer shutdown
1: wow I can't even believe we're already here that yeah, right. I feel like the season just started and we're somehow at silly season which I think we need to learn and I think as an F1 community we need to collectively rename a different name for silly season because F1 season's just silly season there needs to be some kind of other name
0: well it's actually the summer shutdown that's why I call it that that's what it's called in the regulations but um, so At this point, I'm ahead by 22 points. So it's looking likely that uh, for our predictions for the Dutch Grand Prix, Nicole will be doing that from a exercise bike because that was the stakes. But there are 23 points on the line this week, which means if Nicole gets all of them correct and I get all of them wrong, she will eke out a win. And, And we're gonna lean into that this week. And we're all gonna be collectively rooting for Nicole to get everything right and me to get everything wrong because that sounds fun. Yeah,
1: you know what keeps it interesting is for the sake of the sport, and who wants to say that our competition's over when there's an
0: entire race left. Not me. There's still points on the line. Uh so starting with our sprint predictions, because it's a sprint race, Nicole, top team, team that scores the most points for you during the sprint race. I am going for points here. I pick As Red Bull. Should. Okay. I picked Ferrari. <laughs> P three you're going to have fun picks! It's
1: so I am fun.
0: I'm going to have really fun, really weird picks. So, P3, who is your last on the podium during the sprint? I have Lando Norris. I think that's a solid choice. I chose Alexander Albon to make it on the podium. <laughs> Who's your P8? My P8 is Charles Leclerc. Really solid pick. I chose Max Verstappen. All right, moving on to Grand Prix Sunday race predictions. Nicole, who do you have winning this Grand Prix? Plot twist, I have Max for seven. (laughs) I have Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) This is. This is
1: literally like, it's so fun and enjoyable that I have an opportunity to win, but I almost think it's more fun that you just get to be like, I'm going to just pick all these chaotic race
0: predictions because I can. What, Nicole? You and- don't think Lewis Hamilton can win this race? We didn't just do a whole segment about how draggy the Mercedes is.
1: Hey,
0: <laughs> Who's oh
1: P4? <laughs> 4 have Oscar Piastri.
0: Oh, I'd be really happy if he was P4. Yeah. Yeah. i chose alex albon oh, wow yeah i am really going all in on i want to root for williams this week i know seriously oh my
1: god and i thought i By was way, like
0: bold if, I some... was... <laughs> if i was doing this for real i probably would have still put alex p7 i don't think I would have put him p4 but
1: yeah i uh, okay well we can we'll discuss post pod this because we'll,
0: we'll... <laughs> <laughs> nicole who's your p7 My P7 is George Russell. My P7 is Max Verstappen.
1: (laughs) Wow. I can't even even take it seriously.
0: My P10. Guess what my P10 is? My P10 is that someone's going to be sick this week, and Sebastian Vettel is going to be back in an F1 car for some team, and he's going to be P10. Are you literally- I'm- you
1: know, I may lose in picks this week, and you, And if I do, you have picked Sebastian Vettel, who is not even a driver currently.
0: You told me to have fun! I'm having fun!
1: You know what? I also hope that Seb is in the points this week.
0: Yeah! That would make me really happy. I'm rooting for things that would make me happy if they happened.
1: So. Did I say my P no, ten? Didn't. Didn't. I'm like
0: <laughs> Who's your P ten?
1: Wow, okay, somehow we'll be less amazing. Um Alex Albon's my P ten.
0: I by the way, I've I've been laughing through this whole thing and just pushing through, but you've actually made really good predictions through this Thank whole you. thing. I'm really, I, was- I tried to provide some
1: variety of other picks. Um Okay, so now I'm also really intrigued of who do you have as your highest point-scoring team from the back yeah. of the pack?
0: So this one was hard to be silly about because there's five teams to choose from. So I just kind of, like, pulled out of a hat and I went with Alpha Romeo. Because I <gasps> hope Joe has a good race and VB is fun to root for. And, like, just of the teams, that's kind of where I landed. What about you, That's
1: great. And I'm just keeping it spicy and just trying to avoid potentially some type of
0: curse. And I picked Williams. Yeah, that's what I would have picked. Uh Uh-huh. Great. (laughs) All right. Last but not least, we have two Daniel Ricardos back on the grid predictions to add to this that could win a total of six points. So I did have to go serious for the first one because there's Quali and I could only pick Danny Rick or Yuki and I just went with Yuki. I flipped a coin. That's fair. I still went with Danny Rick this week. Yeah. I figured going opposite to you was important for the giving. If we w- we went with the same thing, then there would be no chance of you winning this week. So my we whole goal was silly. to go opposite. Yes. Make sure none of our picks were the same mm-hmm. by going, you know, predicting Lewis Hamilton to win the race and Alex Albon on a podium. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, where do you have Daniel Ricciardo finishing the race this week?
1: I am maintaining this energy, and I would love to, I'm going to say, be pr- proven wrong here, but I'm going to stick with a P13 finish. Thirteen's a good number in my life, and I will maintain that, I'll stick that, and give Spa. That feels like it would be another positive place to finish. So, go ahead, where do you have him finishing?
0: P9, in the points. Danny Rick in the oh. points.
1: She's... Okay. All right. So that's Spa. If this is your first time listening to Gridwalk, this is very different from Brianna's traditional
0: points and predictions. I mean, there's a reason why I'm up 22 points. Like, I'm normally pretty good at this. It, I'm also just now realizing the whiplash of people listening to the whole beginning of the podcast, and I'm, like, running through data and all this serious analysis, and that I just said Sebastian Vettel is gonna be P10.
1: No, again, we are resetting our competition after this.
0: <laughs> yes. We're this race. back to zero. By the way, since we are resetting post summer shutdown and Nicole's going to likely pay the uh, uh, the tax the the, the consequence the, the I love. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: got to do something, because I lose, maybe. <laughs> unless I have the greatest comeback of all time. But if we get some kind of announcement about Seb racing this weekend, I officially will no longer participate in any sort of like race predictions game with you ever again.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but uh, get in touch either through social media or leave a comment on our YouTube video. What should be the stakes for the second half of the season when we reset Uh, I'm mostly asking because I have zero ideas. So please help out. What would be funny for you to put on the line as the stakes for our prediction? One more thing to do some predictions for. It is round six. It's the second to last round of the F1 Academy. And so a quick recap of where we are. I have 190 points. Nicole has 179. She had a really big week in round five where she got 73 to my 45. So really cut that gap that I pulled out after round four. Uh, The way we do this one is a little different than our normal predictions. We draft drivers and we get the points that they score during the weekend. I know that the detriment I had is that Hamda had a rough weekend last time out and I picked her and you got Marta and they're the two drivers competing for the championship right now at the top of the standings. So, it was a rough week for me last week, but Nicole, you said you wanted to go first, so you go first.
1: Yes, it was definitely not uh, an ideal weekend for Amda last weekend, and I had honestly debated going back and forth of who I was going to pick for first pick this time, but I opted to go first, as I will remain true, she's been my homie this whole season with F1 Academy Picks, I'm gonna remain with Marta as my first pick going into this race weekend.
0: I mean, it makes sense. She has won the most races of any F1 Academy driver. It's been really disappointing that we haven't been able to watch any of these races because it's definitely much more exciting than what's happening in F1 right now.
1: <laughs> but it has been a lot of back and forth and it's been incredibly close. And just to see like where people drivers have been able to jump around in the points.
0: Yeah. Also, this is the last Round that is not going to be on the F1 circuit, at least for the next year plus, because round seven, the final round in F1 Academy, is at the USGP for F1. And the next year, they've already announced that F1 Academy's all their rounds is going to be with F1. And I have heard a little bit of an unconfirmed rumor that we're going to get to watch the F1 Academy for the first time in round seven because they'll be there with the F1 infrastructure. So fingers crossed that they announced that, and that rumor turns out to be true. I but. Think so. I'm stalling. I am going to pick Hamda again. She had an off weekend, but she's had an incredible season. So I will back her again for sure. And I'm gonna swipe Nicole's probably favorite driver. And I'm gonna swipe Lena Bueller. I can't believe this! I I should have I I can't I have no words. I don't have words. Every week, Nicole's picked Lena. She's had a fantastic week. And I would like to have a fantastic week. And she's P3 in the standing. She's been really consistent all season. And I also just wanted to see that reaction. (laughs) (laughs) I I should
1: have known. I was so... Oh, wow. Okay. You wanted Marta. I know. I did. I did. I did. I know that is the cost. And once again, I'm sorry, Lena. And every weekend, you're so right. Whenever I end up not with Lena, it's not a powerful week (laughs) for me, but that is okay. I don't wish her less success because she's not hanging out with me. Um, all right. Well then I will go with, I'm going to pick Abby for my next pick, which now this kind of makes us a little bit like lame for this, these next couple of points. But now we're getting just really our competitive selves. But then of course, after that is when we get to keep things a little bit more interesting. And I'm actually going to pick for my next set of picks. That's outside of one through six. That's right. We do six. One through seven is our cutoff. Either way, that's okay. I'm going to pick Carrie as my outside the quote-unquote top picks.
0: Yeah, Carrie had a really good round four Mm -hmm. and some decent point scores in round five. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, Oh, who am I going to pick? Who am I going to pick? I i'm gonna pick amelie all right she also didn't have the most fantastic round five but she's had some really high points this season and picking in the back half of the standings i'm gonna bank on some more high points
1: i think that is
0: a pretty
1: solid pick i mean honestly every time i do f1 academy picks i never feel like i'm picking anything wrong um, but then Price. we'll have a little bit of a gap here until Austin, which sounds like worlds away, compared to where we are in the F1 world. So next year will be a little bit different, but excited for some F1 Academy racing in France.
0: Welcome back to the LS Actronaut. It's Not the fastest walk around F1, but we will complete a full lap around the paddock, hitting every F1 garage. Starting today with Al who is releasing a documentary about their 2021 and 2022 seasons. The film will also look back at its history and the origins of the team, the film will be premiering September 6, 2023, in Venice. So they're doing a full premiere for this documentary. Max Verstappen starred in the new Heineken commercial. It actually
1: looked like uh, Max Verstappen is joining One Direction, and this is all deleted footage from the Night Changes music video, which I cannot unsee.
0: And yeah, yeah. It just convinced me that uh, of the. Obvious connection that we make all the time, that the track from boy band fan to F1 fan is like a singular line and trajectory. (laughs) Sergio Perez is launching a new program focused on helping both Mexican drivers and engineers get into Formula One. Alfa Romeo has a special livery this week, highlighting their controversial title sponsor, Kik. Notably, there are green flames on the front wing and the streamers working with Kik. Their names should be on the Halo. The F1 Commission met this week to discuss and vote on many topics. One of these topics is the option of engine equalization, as Alpine believes that its power unit is down 30 horsepower to its rivals. Reminder that we're in an engine performance freeze until 2026, so Alpine cannot simply just upgrade their power unit's performance to catch up. Another item on the agenda to potentially vote on is is whether or not Williams is granted the adjustment to the cost cap to be able to invest in better infrastructure. So be on the lookout for some news about both of those topics coming soon. Also, since we didn't get a chance to dig into the engine equalization and that vote as a topic this week, I will throw in that Christian Horner has backed that we should just be looking at engine equalization going forward, which whenever Christian Horner is backing one of his rivals getting faster. I just think it's worth thinking about why that's the case and what's going on with their 2026 power unit that they're really supportive of Alpine right now. Pirelli is gonna be doing a tire test next week, August 1st and 2nd at Spa after the Grand Prix. It will at least include the AMR 23 driven by Stoffel van Dorn. Ferrari has hired away a top Mercedes engineer, their performance director, Leoc Serrera. He will not actually be able to start for the Ferrari team until 2025 though. Rumors are swirling about both house drivers entering into silly season. K. contract extension seems to be less of a given, and Nico said that his bleach job was quote I thought a bit of extra PR for me is pretty handy this time of season. Is Nico angling for a different job? Is Nico's contract extension not a given? at Haas. I don't know what's going on. And lastly, Toto may or may not have leaked. On purpose or accidentally, the length of the upcoming Lewis Hamilton contract to the F1 Juniors this week. It may or may not be two years, depending on what you believe we will see. But Lewis did threaten us this week that they will not be announcing it until Abu Dhabi. That is the gridwalk for July 27th, 2023 completed. How is my sector time today, Nicole? Faster than
1: we realize that this is our 27th episode being released on the 27th.
0: I can't believe I led with Eagles training camp and not that. Well, I can. (laughs) Thank you, as always, to VoiceOver Man. Huge thank you and
1: shout out to Susie Wolf for being an actual positive role model to females and young viewers of motorsports. And our four-legged executive producers. If you're an audio listener, don't forget to turn on your auto downloads. Take two seconds of your day to rate and review the pod. We really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, take two seconds and subscribe, like the video, leave us a comment,
0: let us know what are your opinions on Spa as a track, because now you certainly know ours. Maybe I've just given a lot of people who haven't felt comfortable permission to tell us that they agree with us and how much they also dislike Spa. You think that's going to happen? Is that what the comments are going to look like?
1: I definitely anticipate that and nothing of the opposite. (laughs) But really, any sort of comment that you leave on our podcast yes. or anywhere that you watch our podcast, consume our podcast, any comment that you leave, any feedback you believe really helps other people find our podcast. And again, we really appreciate it. Make sure you are joining us for daily grid walks every single day of the week. Follow us at Gridwalk show on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter and threads. We will be back to walk the Formula One grid every single Thursday. And we sincerely hope that you join us. But today felt more like a prediction party than a gridlock.
0: Sebastian Vettel, P10!